Happy Thursday, everybody. You know, one of the things that we see consistently, if you've been listening for a while, and believe me, I've been listening for these 400 plus episodes, one of the things we see consistently with growing churches is they really spend a lot of time, effort, and energy resources on training volunteers and leaders. You know, and I know that it's critically important. In fact, it's one of those things that we've said to ourselves time and again, we're going to invest and we're going to do it right. But what if you're doing different now uh, than you were doing three months ago? You know that training volunteers is important, but you ever feel like you just do not know where to start? Well, with Ministry Grid's library of over 3,000 training videos, uh, sequenced into 850 courses, uh, this is a perfect tool for you. You can not only use kind of their resources as as a starting point, but then you can scale up and add your own information, PDFs, videos, whatever it is that you'd like to add to uh, their training resource to make it super customizable. It's really an incredible tool for uh, churches like you. What I'd love for you to do is I want you to check out Ministry Grid. Uh, I want you to go to their website address, ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Uh, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary to learn more about them. They've got a killer deal on right now. You can get unlimited access for just $597. It's an amazing deal. I want you to check it out. It's worth uh, every penny, particularly as you and I look to increase our volunteer training this year. All right, let's sit back and relax and enjoy today's episode of the Unseminary Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited to have uh, you tuned in today. I hope that things are going well in your ministry. We know you've got a lot going on at your church and the fact that you'd be listening to us today uh, is an honor. And so excited for today's conversation because a friend of mine reached out to me uh, and a mutual friend uh, in Mitch Chitwood said, hey, you've got to talk to Jeremy. There's some cool stuff going on at Abundant Life Church. So super excited to have Pastor Jeremy with us today. Uh, excited for you to be on the show today. Awesome. Thank you, Rich. Great to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Abundant Life? Give us kind of an overview. If people were to arrive today, what would they experience? Sure. We're a 30-year-old church, and uh, I'm the second pastor that we've had. And so uh, I've been here for, uh, I'm in my third year, two and a half years, and uh, just a great, uh, it's a great community. And we were drawn uh, to this church. We're in Portland, Oregon, primarily in the metro area. We have three different campuses uh, in in, uh, Oregon and Washington. And uh, trying just to figure out how do you live consistently uh, with the, the culture that you are, you know, that you are in. And so uh, in Oregon and in Washington, that's obviously a unique culture, very, uh, uh, very progressive in a lot of different areas. And so we get to dive into a lot of conversations uh, kind of on the front end of stuff and uh, just have enjoyed that and have enjoyed trying to figure out what does the church look like uh, going into the future of this next season uh, in our culture. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the kind of spiritual context of your, of your part of the world? I know people may be aware, but uh, Portland, Oregon is not the kind of place where people wake up on a Sunday morning and say, hey, I should go to church today. Is that true? <laughs> that, that's absolutely true. You know, some places in the country, uh, the, the question when you meet someone is like, where do you go to church? Um, mm. that's, that's not, it's not, you know, where, where we live in the Northwest. And uh, so basically what we have found is 
the traditional answers of uh, what we give to even theology questions or uh, practical ministry questions, they don't work for a lot of people here, and they've heard them. And mm-hmm. uh, most of them are either uh, de-churched or just non-churched and, and uh, don't don't want it. And so uh, it's uh, for me, it gets exciting because it, it forces the creativity, it forces the conversation, and, uh, and it's forced us to really be on our toes to to rethink things. And, and I think we're constantly in that place of going, we, we don't have the convenience of people showing up just because they have always gone to church and that's what they do. And uh, so we have to figure out how do we get someone uh, who's not interested in church to, to go, you know what, there, there's something here that maybe I've never seen and uh, maybe is worth checking out. And that's, that's what we are attempting to do. Love it. So one of the things I love exposing folks that are listening in uh, to our ministries in uh, parts of the country that I think in, in some ways represent the future. Uh, they represent places, uh, and Portland's one of them. You know, I've served in New Jersey, in Canada, similar kind of context where, frankly, uh, it is that same kind of idea, you know, radically unchurched, the kind of communities where, um, you know, frankly, I think we need to be a bit creative, find some creative solutions. Uh, and today is no exception. So Mitch, a mutual friend of ours, uh, reached out and said, hey, you've got to talk to Jeremy, particularly around this whole area that that you're seeing uh, some real momentum in this idea of volunteer staff. You know, so many of us look at the needs of our church, look at what needs to get done at our church. And uh, oftentimes we think, man, I just need to raise up some new staff members, but that comes with costs that frankly, a lot of churches can't bear. Uh, There's a disconnect between uh, the kind of mission or what we think God's calling us to do and the resources we have trying to figure all that stuff out. So why don't you walk us through, talk us through uh, this whole idea of uh, volunteer staff at Abundant Life. What is that? What What are you doing? You know, over there that we need to be thinking about in our ministries. Well, this really has been, I, I would say, the biggest game changer for us this last year, and uh, we're about six months into this of really rolling this out. But it's it's one of those. Uh, you know, when you stumble into a great idea, you you want others to know about it. And so I talked to to Mitch, and I've been telling others like, you you guys got to do this because there's something here uh, that we we've just kind of stumbled into, and and God is using it in incredible ways. And um, you know, I, I think every church, if you were to ask the staff, like, do you have enough volunteers? Uh, I, I don't know of a church that would say, yeah, we're good. Like, we, we we've sure. got it all. We have too many people wanting to help. Uh, it's always a, a need. And, and so how do you engage more people? Um, and, and yet, you know, we're all working with finite resources. You, you don't have unlimited budgets. You don't have the ability to hire everybody. And, uh, and obviously, the larger the church, the more you're able to uh, hire some of the positions that you'd want. But, um, you know, even at a, at a multi-site, you know, we'd be considered a mega church. You, you don't have the dollars to hire everybody. And so that really has has yeah, pushed us to, to think creatively to go, how could we do this uh, differently? And, and so we started talking about, basically, we, we looked at our, our volunteers and uh, we, we categorized it into four different levels of responsibility and commitment. You know, so level one would be um, you can pop in and pop out. Uh, not a ton is riding on it. You can kind of dip your toe in the water try out serving. And, and, and so we figured out what are those opportunities all the way up to what we now call level four, uh, which are volunteer mm-hmm. staff. And so uh, if we have a seasoned leader that is, uh, is, is recognized as a level three, that they are at the top level of responsibility, of commitment, uh, they are pouring into others, they are helping us to do the ministry. Uh, we started saying, what if we approach them uh, essentially with a job description and and said, mm. hey, we're not able to to pay you, but we, we, we recognize something in you that we want to take to the next level. And, and so 
literally rich. This was like an idea, like, you know, in, in a meeting one day that we're like, let's just try it. Let's see how it goes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's all these reasons why it, it shouldn't work, you know, of, of uh, Hey, we, we want someone to do at least 10 hours a week to be eligible for this. It's like, well, these are people that have full-time jobs and they have families and who's able to do 10 time, you know, 10 hours a week in addition to, you know, everything else they're doing. Uh, but we just started dreaming of like, wouldn't it be cool if we had volunteer positions, uh, that we called staff positions. We gave them a job description. Uh, we gave them uh, a staff email. They had access to all of the staffing, uh, information and database that we have. Uh, we, we had them attend staff meetings with us and, you know, gave them an office where they could come and work and like, what, what would happen? And so, uh, the way we do it is you you can't apply for these positions. It's not like we post mm. them. Uh, we literally mm-hmm. create them when we see someone or we see a need that we we believe someone is uniquely uh, qualified to fill. And, and so we're literally like, well, we'll probably get turned down by the majority of these people, and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. if we could get a few of them, uh, that would be amazing. And I, I think we started. I mean, we'd been working on this. We actually started inviting people, I think around last October uh, was the first, mm-hmm. like, let's actually see if we can get anybody to do this. And as of today, uh, I think we're 14 for 14 of people we have wow. asked and people who have said yes. And so again, oh, that's amazing. That's in a few months time. We've created 14 new staffing positions that are not taxing the budget at all. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, 14 people giving a minimum of 10 hours a week, uh, doing ministry and, and it is exponentially multiplying what we're able to do. That's amazing. So 10 hours a week, 14 people, you know, 140 hours a week of staff time that you've asked. That's, that's incredible. Uh, give me a sense of some of those roles. We don't have to go through all 14, but kind of what is the scope of some of those roles look like? So we have uh, people overseeing uh, our marriage ministry now. We have people overseeing, we, we do Rooted, which a lot of churches are doing Rooted. We have uh, a Rooted coordinator who is a volunteer position. Um, we have, uh, I mean, literally every department now uh, has it. And what's what has surprised me, and this has been really cool. And so I'm, I'm a younger lead pastor. I'm in my thirties. Um, and you know, my concern is, you know, I think some of the the church when, you know, when you go from a guy who is in his sixties to a guy in his thirties, like, Oh, are all the older generation going to feel left out? Uh, because now we have this younger guy and, you know, I, I naturally am able to connect with younger families because that's my season of life. But what has surprised me in this, and I I think this is worth a, a lot of younger leaders taking note of, it has given an invitation uh, to a bunch of our retired leaders to have a key seat at the table. And so mm. we are bringing in people who are retired and have the time to do this that have unbelievable careers. Um, and that was some of the first people to say yes. And they, they mm. were available. And we went, man, I cannot believe we're getting these there's this high caliber of people um, because they're, they're available. Uh, but then I mean, we got so excited by that. We started getting more bold of like asking more and more people. And just mm-hmm. to give you an example, the, the last the last person, number 14, uh, that we, we just uh, onboarded this week uh, is a guy that has worked for uh, a national chain. Uh, if I named it, most of your listeners would know it, uh, of, of yep. a grocery store chain. And uh, mm-hmm. he was responsible and has been for 20 some years of making their TV commercials. And so we'd always joke, he's, you know, he'd say, Hey, if you see, saw this commercial on TV and we were like, yeah, we saw it. He's like, I made it, you know, we're like, Oh, that's really cool. Hmm. Well, one day I was like, Hey man, are are you serving in the church at all? And he's like, no. And he said, I don't know what I would do. I'm like, you have a very unique skill set, 
and, and, you know, all the things that you do. And so now he just became a creative director for us. And here's the reality. I, I couldn't afford this guy. I mean, like, it's amazing the skill he's bringing. And, uh, in, in what's been really cool. And he said this to me recently is, uh, his organization has been restructuring some things and uh, some of the, the creative stuff that he really enjoyed doing has been uh, shifted. And so he hasn't been able to do so much of it as of late. And he said, you know what? I haven't, it hasn't bothered me as much because I found a new outlet for my creativity in plugging in the church. Mm-hmm. And so again, this is like, I'm, I'm looking at this going, this is an untapped potential that every church could take advantage of. And, and I think should take advantage of. That's amazing. Now, when you talk about onboarding, what does that look like? Like how, what's the difference between uh, transitioning, you know, just a, or bringing on a normal volunteer versus a volunteer staff? There's no difference. So we, we really truly treat them uh, like every other staff. They get staff evaluations. Uh, they, they get uh, brought into the full onboarding process like any other staff meeting. Uh, they're required uh, to be at staff meetings once a month, uh, just like our other staff is, because we don't want it to be uh, like one of those wink, wink. Yeah, the, okay, they're volunteer staff, but we all know they're not actually doing anything. Uh, that's just not the field. Th- these are uh, these are absolutely staff members, and they just don't happen to collect a paycheck from the church. And uh, what is, has been so cool to watch is their excitement has it, it literally brought in an energy to to the staff that does get paid. And you know, when you're sitting next to uh, someone at a staff meeting who you you know is doing this in addition to everything else they're doing and is not getting a paycheck for it, and then you see their excitement level. It just is a great reminder for you of like, oh, th- this is a privilege, uh, you know, and, and again, I just think I-, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Uh, but th- there are people that, that they just love having a seat at the table and they're honored that that we're elevating their role. And so, you know, the fact that they have a job description, they have a title and and, and they're like, man, we we love staff meetings. And, you know, they're, they're some of the mm-hmm. most eager and excited attenders of our monthly staff meetings. So truly that there really isn't, they go to our staff Christmas party, um, you know, for, for all of those things that there really is no difference in how we treat them and how we treat the paid staff. That's amazing. Um, I love that. Uh, Let's talk about even the staff training piece of that or the staff meeting part of that. Are you doing that during the day? So obviously you're looking for people that are, um, that are flexible or you do it in the evening. How does that, what does that look like? That's a great question. And again, this was where we thought this was going to break down because we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's always on a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday morning once a month. And we rotate it around our different campuses. And uh, initially, when we were talking about this idea, you know, people are saying to me, Jeremy, th- these guys have most of them have full time jobs. They've got families. They've got, you know, this and that. There's just no way. And I just felt like uh, if we removed that element, and this was kind of one of the sticking points for me, I just felt like that it, it wouldn't be a real staff member if they weren't mm. a part of, that's the only time right. we get all of our campuses, all of our staff together. And I just thought, you know, that's when I share my heart uh, for what's got, what God is doing in our church. We share God's stories of what God is doing at each of the campuses and each of the ministries. And, and I just thought, I don't want to remove them from that. And I think if we did, uh, they wouldn't feel like real staff members and it would kind of be mm-hmm. uh, a, a suedo staff member. And so we just said, you know what, if someone were to tell us no, uh, because they couldn't make that work, we'd, we'd be okay with that. And we'd say, you know what, this is not the right time, they're not the right season. And again, that's what went into what I thought would be a lot of no's when we were asking mm-hmm. these people. And here's just the surprising part. People are so excited. Uh, they're using vacation days to come and go to staff meetings. I mean, like they're 
they're figuring their schedule around. And, you know, if they have flexibility in their schedule, they just work their schedule around. But literally the guy I was just telling you about, he, he's like, I have, I have enough vacation time. I can work this out where I can attend staff meetings. And, and so That's I think what, what we've got to realize when you have that level of excitement, um, th- there's something there and you, you know, we're not having to manufacture oh, totally. this excitement with people. It's there. And, and we're just trying to harness it and we're trying to aim it, you know, for the good of the kingdom in, in the local church. That's amazing. Um, so what would you say to a church leader? So first of all, um, we did a very similar thing at Liquid Church. We had, um, or they have close to 40 of uh, volunteer staff on average serving uh, 10 hours a week. So, you know, it's an incredible amount of resource. And we found the thing I appreciate what, what you're doing, you've taken it even further and are, are lifting an even higher bar. Um, rather than us trying to reduce, uh, you know, some of this, we're actually making it um, – you know, making it just like they're a normal staff member with even things like staff training or staff meeting. Now, the thing I, I want to point out for people that are listening in, because I know there's some people that are listening in, they're like, that's crazy. I could never get volunteers to do this. The thing I would challenge you is uh, there are people in your church that are looking to take this uh, and take the mission one step further in their life. They want to invest. And of course, they're not going to if you do not ask them. And so rather than saying the no for them, you should be saying, hey, maybe maybe we could cast a bigger vision. And there's this interesting thing where um, growing churches, thriving churches, my experience has been consistently time and again, that in those churches, they're making a big ask of volunteer. They're volunteers. They're doing this uh, kind of thing. What it would you say would be some of the telltale signs of a volunteer that's going to bump from level three to level four. Some of those kind of things that you've just, as you've, um, you know, obviously you've got an incredible hit rate. The fact that you've asked 14, 14 have said yes. What are some of those common things um, about them uh, that we see uh, kind of, you know, about those people that kind of their characteristics of, of a person that ends up making a great uh, staff member that happens to be volunteer? Sure. I think for us, it, it's about reframing the conversation. And so I think the way we often talk about volunteers in the church, uh, we'll say something like, uh, the church has a need. And, and then we, you know, we kind of like make eye contact and we shame everybody and go, all right, who's, whose turn is it to help in children's ministry? And everyone's like, oh, I got a kid. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take a week. And uh, if that's the way that a church is describing volunteering, I, I don't think you're going to get much excitement. And so you might meet the needs. Uh, but you're you're not really exciting people. Uh, what I tell our church is, uh, yeah, we have a need uh, because we're a church and the, the church is designed to be used by the people. Like it, it, the church is the people. So you cannot separate. You, if you have a church with no needs, you're doing something wrong. Uh, but what I say is more important than that, the church has an opportunity for you to thrive. And when you reframe it like that, then what I have found is you find people who are serving and are volunteering, not because, oh, I'm going to do you a favor and I have a need for you, but they have recognized um, this is their avenue of how they're going to grow and how they're going to thrive in their faith. And I think that shift, when you have someone who is, is in that mentality, that is what we're looking for. Someone who's not showing up going, yeah, you guys need me and I can fill this need. But someone who is thinking, I love this. I'm wired for this. I'm good at this. God has made me for this. You know, any of those. Um, when you get that level of excitement and you bring those people on, um, they are the ones that are are just absolutely excited and passionate about it. And so for us, it has been 
really finding those people and creating that culture in our church that goes beyond we have a need and, and, and instead goes, we have something to offer you because there's a local church that you're a part of. You have opportunities to use the things that God has gifted you with that if there were no local church and you were not plugged in here, you, you would just be sitting on these. And when you tap into that for people and when you get people to see that, that is what we're going after. And those, those are, you know, of the 14 we've got. And again, this is Man, in a year from now, I have no idea how many we're, we're going to outnumber the paid staff easily by that point. Uh, it's like that. That's just changing the culture. And then every person they talk to, they become an advocate for you've got to serve. You've got to get plugged in. Let me show you what it's doing for me. And and again, all you have to do is meet them and see their excitement and see their engagement. And you go, yeah, I, I want some of that. And and that is what is uh, is really just spreading into our culture. And so I, I, I agree with you. I, I think a lot of churches are hesitant to have these conversations, but I think it might be because of how they're framing it. And if you frame it, realizing you have something to offer the people in your church and, and they need you just like you need them, all of a sudden you, you can be a little bit more bold in having this conversation. Hmm. Very cool. What has it, what has, how has it changed the, the kind of paid staff, the traditional staff? I don't know what we want to call them anymore. Uh, right. What kind of, how has this impacted uh, those team members? What has it done for the culture of your team? You kind of mentioned that there a little bit. So I think two things, I, I would say it's, it has boosted their excitement and uh, the morale, the attitude. I mean, it just has, uh, it, it does wonders for that. Number two, what I think it does is it inspires creativity because I think, and, and any leader, if you lead a team or you manage a budget, you, you're going to resonate with this, but uh, there's nothing quite as frustrating as how do we solve this problem? Well, we got to hire, we got to hire another person or we got to commit X amount of dollars. And you're like, well, we don't have that. And so then it's like, well, then there's no solution. There's no, you know, we're not moving forward because, you know, we're going to be uh, ultimately limited by that. What it has done is it, you know, when, when we realize uh, the sky's the limit, like we can create as many of these volunteer staff positions as we can dream up as, as people we have in our community. And so rather than people looking at challenges and going, well, I just don't have staffing dollars. I don't have budget. I don't have X, Y, Z. They start dreaming differently and going, okay, what if this was a volunteer position? What if this, you know, and so then uh, again, before we even engage the conversation, that staff member to even propose this position has to write up a proposed job description. They have to think through what would this look like? What would they do? And you have to be able to show us that you're going to give them enough responsibility to warrant 10 hours a week. And uh, we don't want anyone coming in because the title sounded cool. Then they get there and it's like, oh, you know, just do this for me. And so these are real positions and you have to put the, the legwork in, but it's, it's allowed the rest of our staff rather than going, we just need to hire more people, uh, realizing we can just get the people we already have engaged and empowered in new ways. And literally we're just turning over more and more of the ministry of our church to people who aren't on our, our, our salary. And, uh, it's, I, I think one of the coolest things to watch and uh, I had a lot less people coming to me going, I need to hire this, this position. You know, otherwise, like, we can't you know, move forward, which, man, if you're if you're a church leader trying to run a staff, trying to manage a budget, that, that should be music to your ears. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, that's incredible. What would you say to uh, so? There's for sure people that are listening and they're like, "This guy's crazy. There's no way we could do this." <laughs> uh, you know, right? Like, I'm sure. You know, there's like there's a little bit of like, I'm at, you know, how could we implement that? What would you do differently uh, now that you're a year in and you're 14 staff in? You've seen some you know great success early on here. What would you do differently to even accelerate? Uh, you know, kind of the adoption internally. Um, how would you kind of you know what would you do even better now that you've done it? a little bit uh, already. You know, honestly, Rich, uh, it, it's gone so fast because again, you know, you think we're, you know, we're, we're doing this in February now. And I think we asked the first person in October and uh, we're, the speed is exponentially ramping up. And so again, last week, mm. uh, I think we, we brought two more on. And so uh, th- this is like catching fire. I, I don't know that I would have done anything different. I, I think I would have been more confident uh, than I was initially, because again, like many people who might be listening to this, I was skeptical and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And there's, there's a lot of problems I can see why this isn't going to work. And again, I'm, I'm waiting for the first person to turn us down. I know it's going to happen. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. You know? And so I'm going, right. this is bizarre <laughs> to me. Uh, there's gotta be people that, you know, again, we're getting all the way from college students to retired people. So it, there's not like, well, you're only asking. It's like, we're, we're literally asking everybody. I mean, there is like no rhyme or reason. It's people who are already in our community who want to take a step up. And so I, I, I think it's possible. I, I, I think, uh, I think I just have more of a more of a confidence to go. This really is an idea, you know. And uh, again, I I couldn't have anticipated how well this was going to go, and that's why now I'm like, I feel like I got a secret to share with people. And I'm, I'm saying you you've got to take advantage of the people in your church and and literally give ministry away. And what a cool picture of what the church can be. Yeah, it's so cool. So where's this going next? You, you know, peek up over the horizon. Obviously, you, I would, it sounds like you see this accelerating. You're going to add some new roles. Uh, how far can this go? What are you kind of thinking about in the future when it comes to this whole area of volunteer staff? Man, I, that is a, such an exciting question and thought to even consider. Um, I, I've started thinking, uh, you know, so uh, again, our, our as of now, our volunteer staff does not outnumber our paid staff. Uh, on the trajectory we're on, I think we're going to get there before too long. And, and so I think the moment you cross that threshold, the conversation changes uh, where, you know, you look into a staff meeting and you go, the majority of people in this room are not being paid to be here. Um, that just starts to change the nature of how you you function organizationally. And and so I would love if, um, and again, this is this kind of a model has been done in, in all sorts of environments and organizations, but uh, where rather than, you know, oh, I, I need to have a, a staff position. I need a worship leader. I need a, uh, a children's pastor. I need an exec pastor. Rather than that, um, what if the staff members became really overseers uh, or mm-hmm. empowerers of the, the volunteers? And so it wasn't like we're the ones that are the specialists. Um, but what if we were just really responsible for engaging, uh, recruiting, and equipping and encouraging uh, the the people that that are ultimately wired and called to do the ministry in the church? And so I, I think that's where the conversation is going to go. I don't know what that looks like, um, but I can already tell you, you know, like uh, there are are certain positions you would think, uh, and, and even the church we talk about, these are more skilled, uh, you know, like a worship leader. Like, okay, that's not anybody can do that. You know, you you have a smaller pool of people, uh, but one of our volunteer staff positions is a, um, a worship coordinator and she raises up uh, other uh, volunteer worship leaders and she's an incredible worship leader herself. And as so I'm looking at us going, okay, well, 
if we can do it there, like uh, really, how far does this go? Do you have volunteer staff, you know, who are preaching on the weekend? Who who could do that? Do you have? Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally, I'm starting to dream this thing going. This could get really big and could completely alter our concept of what ministry looks like. And you know, as you look ahead, I think. I think the whole giving conversation is only getting harder, uh, especially out here. People don't tithe because they were taught to tithe. That's not a thing. Uh, and, and so if you think of how do we do ministry with less resources in the future, I think this is an incredible way uh, to equip the local church to be ready for for what the future might bring and the changes that it brings with it. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it almost sounds like a very Ephesians 4 kind of thing, right? Like our sure. job is to equip people <laughs> to, uh, yeah, that's what God's calling us. That's too, that's, that's amazing. This is, uh, you know, this is really cool. You've given us a document. We'll have it downloadable. Uh, this is your volunteer policy. Do you want to kind of talk through this a little bit? It looks like it's gives you a sense of kind of the various levels, that kind of thing. You want to tell us a little bit about this document? Sure. So uh, I always tell people in this document, the, the two notable things for us are on the ends of this, on level one and level for. And uh, so what we did is we basically looked at what are what are all the volunteer opportunities that we can see as of now. This document's a living document. It keeps changing, as you can imagine. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as of the writing, what are the positions we, we know of? And then we try to factor how much responsibility does that involve? How much commitment? Um, and and so we wanted to have the upper end, which was the, the volunteer staff where Someone who's like, I want more. We have that avenue. We got that covered. But what we also wanted Mm. was a bigger front door uh, where we said, you know, we want to give people opportunity who are really checking this out. And uh, the kind of the whole idea of belong before you have to behave or you have to become, you know, what Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. And so what Mm -hmm. we did is we opened it up and we uh, created a ton of what we call level one opportunities, which are that easier uh, to get into. And and the the two things we say that the document uh, explains this, but in level one, you don't have to have uh, an acknowledged relationship with Jesus yet. And so this opens the door for someone who goes, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm here. I'm listening to this. I'm processing this in my own way. I don't know if I would call myself a Christian yet, but I, I want to be a part of this. And now if, if that person wants to serve, we've got a lot of opportunities for them. The second thing that we do with level one is we say uh, you don't have to be in line with our marriage policy. And so this has opened the door to obviously uh, a lot more people that uh, traditionally in churches like ours would not normally have an opportunity uh, to serve. And so people in the mm-hmm. gay community have been able to serve in our level one opportunities. And we have a number of them who have said, this is incredible. Thank you for allowing us to do this. And again, they might mm-hmm. disagree with us on our marriage policy, but uh, that disagreement sounds different when you're actually giving them a seat at the table to to participate in the ministry with you. And so, uh, you know, e- each level kind of ramps it up a, a little bit. And so level two, then uh, we, we do expect that you are, are following Jesus and you're committed to uh, to that. Uh, we would ask that you would be in line with the marriage policy. And then level uh, three uh, adds even more to that, where we would say, we want you to exhibit what we call the marks of being a family member, um, which is, you know, you're living out the the faith in, in, in a number of different ways and, and modeling that for others. And so uh, those are the ones that add a level of leadership uh, over others or a level of teaching uh, into the community. And so again, uh, one of the pushbacks that we get, and, and maybe people are thinking this of, well, don't people feel lesser than, you know, if they're a level one and someone else is a level three. And uh, we say all of these are equally valuable. Some of them just require more of you and not everybody wants mm-hmm. to come in 
cold giving level four uh, commitment to a church. And so we've just said, hey, if you're checking it out and you want to dip your toe in this, you know, we're trying to do the best we can. And and again, I think mm-hmm. all of these, uh, they'll keep getting tweaked as we go. And, that, and that's, you know, kind of what we, we started with of that's what it looks like to do ministry in the Northwest. But um, but as of now, this is, uh, you know, seems to be working really well for us. And, uh, and again, has really enabled us to have more volunteers um, than we have had in, in the history of our church. That's fantastic. Super helpful. This has been a great conversation. You've really helped us helped us dive into this issue. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with us just as we uh, kind of finish up today's episode? Do it. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, I, I, I know, I know. I've, I've certainly listened to my share of podcasts. You're like, yeah, I don't know. That, that would never work. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> nice. think, uh, I think just try it. And again, uh, I would love to be a resource if anybody was like, all right, we, we just need to work this through. Um, I really believe that God is, uh, is God is using this in our community. And I, I love the local church and I would love for more and more local churches, uh, all over the world to, to figure out better ways to engage their people. And again, I don't, I don't want this to be our best kept secret. I, I want this to be something that, you know, we've, we've discovered and is working for us. And if it could work for you, uh, man, what what are the downsides to trying it, right? You know, just yes, uh, exactly. go for it. <laughs> Jeremy, this has been super helpful today. If people want to track with you or with the church, where should we send them? So alcpnw.com, uh, Abundant Life Church, Pacific Northwest. That's where that comes from. That's our website as a church. Um, you can find everything there. Uh, we have uh, the Twitter, uh, Instagram, same same idea. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Jeremy Jernigan. Uh, I have a blog, tomorrowsreflection.com. Any of those would be great ways to connect with us. And uh, again, we'd love to engage in, in that conversation with anybody who's open to it. Jeremy, super helpful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>